You don't like the Drake. I hate the Drake. I love the Drake. How could you not like the Drake? Who's the Drake? Who's the Drake? The Drake is good. Do you like the Drake? I love the Drake. Hello everyone, and welcome to Robin, Everyone Loves the Drake, comic podcast. I'm your host, Rob Myers. This podcast is going to be taking a look at Tim Drake, my favorite Robin. We'll be taking a look at Tim's first appearance in Batman Year 3, that's Batman 436, and working our way through Tim's training all the way to Tim's ongoing Robin series that won 183 issues. So sit back and relax and find out why everyone loves the Drake. Good for them. Love the Drake. Hello everyone and welcome to episode number 10 of Robin Everyone Loves the Drake comic podcast. I'm your host Rob Myers. Ah, we made it to 10. So this is where the George Costanza in me would go, thank you, good night, leave on a high note. So uh, so number 10 should, uh, you know, kind of picking significant numbers here, not that I'm going to get excited. Hey, here's 20. Hey, here's yeah, probably 50. But uh, so, you know, 10, I think that we should do something really special this. And what better way than to celebrate it by talking about uh, one of the most tragic things to happen to Tim Drake. Uh, we are finishing up the story of uh, Rite of Passage, the, uh, I guess you call it the uh, seminal moment in uh, Tim Drake's life that is uh, going to give him that final little push that he needs, or is this something he's going to uh, even want anymore? Is he going to want to continue down the path that uh, he has uh, chosen to become the newest Robin. Even though in the last episode we heard Tim talk about, you know, the things that had happened to Dick Grayson, you know, that his parents uh, had to die and that kind of gave birth to uh, the Robin character originally. And then uh, the things that kind of befell Tim or Tim, excuse me, uh, Jason's uh, parents. And that led him to becoming the next Robin. And uh, Tim even kind of ponders, you know, does, is he going to have to lose his parents or is something tragic going to happen to him? Is that just, is that the plight of, of all of the Robins? So all those questions and more will be answered and we'll get a chance to talk about the kind of a whole series as a whole. And, uh, We'll talk about where the uh, podcast is going to go from here. Obviously, it's going to continue in the uh, Tim Drake line. And uh, some big steps are finally, finally going to take place. We are uh, just a few issues away from Tim putting on his own Robin costume. And we'll have uh, plenty to talk about. Uh, I'll kind of talk about some guests that I'm going to be having on the show. And then some uh, a recurring guest that uh, I believe, if we can get our schedules correct... uh, when we get into a, a Robin book, finally, uh, he, I believe, will be coming back as well. So we got a lot of uh, cool stuff to talk about with these two issues. And then uh, the Rite of Passage story as a whole, we'll kind of go through that. And then uh, kind of talk about where the podcast is going to go from here. So let's get right into it. Episode number 10 of Robin Everyone Loves the Drake Comic Podcast. Welcome to the show.
Rite of Passage, Part 3, Detective Comics, 620. Cover date is late August 1990. The on-sale date from Mike's Amazing World was July 10th, 1990. Uh, the cover price was $1 in the U.S. and $1.25 in Canada. Uh, the writer is Alan Grant. Pencils and cover art by Norm Brayfogle. Anchor is Stephen Mitchell. Uh, letters is Todd Clean and colorist is Adrian Roy. Associate editor is Dan Rapsler. Senior editors Denny O'Neill and Batman created by Bob Kane and Bill Finger. Make me a hero. Batman tracks down where the money for the Drakes has been taken. But Batman has told Gordon that there is no way the persons responsible for the kidnapping of the Drakes would dare come to get the money firsthand. The GCPD is unable to catch the blonde-haired biker that's leading the pack and makes off of the satchel. Even Gordon draws his weapon to shoot at the blonde-haired biker, but Batman knew that Gordon did not have it in him to take the shot or to take a life. Batman chases after the lead biker to see where the real money exchange is going to take place. A few blocks away, the handoff begins. A white car meets up with the bike leader and the handoff is made. A Haitian man cuts the biker with his ring finger and instantly the biker falls to the ground, dead. The hitman picked up a satchel and drives away. Batman suspects that it's Belladonna, Jimson Root, that was inside the ring. He was dead from the moment he hit the ground when the needle broke the skin. Batman manages to place a tracker on the white car and it's headed to the Gotham airport. It's a good thing that he keeps his passport handy. Batman can't afford to let Tim down now. Meanwhile in Haiti, the Obeya man is getting ready for his ritual and practicing on someone that needs saving, we'll say, and proceeds to kill him. In a nearby hut, Jack and Janet Drake, still tied to their chairs, are unable to budge and break free. They talk about their plight, and Jack fears that the Obeya man didn't even blink when he killed Jeremy and fears the same may happen to them. They need to be strong, and poor Tim must be worried sick. In Wayne Manor, Tim is doing some yoga breathing exercises that Bruce taught him to try and calm his mind. His feelings go from sadness to rage and back to a controlled state. He must stay focused. Tim decides to keep his mind off his parents' situation and focus on the money spider case, and that maybe he can track him down and put an end to this crime spree, and also keep his mind off what's going on, or what's not going on. On his way to the cave, Tim asks Alfred if Bruce has come home yet. Alfred says that he has not seen Master Bruce at all. In Haiti, the father, which we will find out in a few minutes, his name is Louis, and his son Pierre, are discussing why he has been working so hard for the Abea man. He says soon that they will have all the money that they need and they can leave this place. The father tells his son to mind the locked cabinet and Baca, and the father leaves to head off to work for the Abea man once again. At this very same moment, Bruce Wayne lands in Haiti and makes sure to keep a close distance on the money man to ensure that he can follow it to the Drakes. In the Batcave, Tim uses his computer skills to track down the Money Spider's location and is able to filter his way through the Money Spider's network on the web. He now has the location. Maybe Tim should see this firsthand. Tim arrives at Gotham Juvenile Correctional Hall. Tim talks to Mr. Wallace, the head of the program, about Lonnie Matchin and what Tim has uncovered about him. Tim and Mr. Wallace walk into the room and Tim says, Hello, Money Spider, or should I say, Anarchy. Lonnie turns around in shock, but proud at the same time. Mr. Wallace tries to scold Lonnie, but Lonnie won't hear it and tries to escape. Lonnie races down the hall, and Tim gives chase. Lonnie grabs a mop and tries to swing it and take out Tim, but Tim is quick. Training has been paying off. Tim is able to disarm Lonnie and knocks him down to the ground with a solid punch to the face. Mr. Wallace shows up some time later and takes Lonnie most likely to the authorities. As Tim leaves, Lonnie can be heard saying that the people know your face. We won't forget. When the revolution comes, you're first on the list. 
Later that night in the Batcave, Tim stands in front of the Robin costume. He is proud of himself to solve the crime, and didn't allow himself to think of his parents' situation. He did it. He only wishes that Bruce was there so he could tell him at that very moment, a bloodied and battered Bruce Wayne enters the Batcave along with Alfred at his side. It looks as if Bruce has been stabbed. Bruce looks at Tim and says, I... I have bad news. Next, trial by fire. Okay, that concludes the synopsis for Detective Comics 620, and we will keep moving right along and go into 621. Rite of Passage, Part 4, The Conclusion. It can be found in Detective Comics number 621. Uh, cover date is September 1990, and the on-street sale date is July 31st, and this information, again, is brought to us by Mike's Amazing World. The cover price, again, was a dollar, and it was also $1.25 in Canada. The writing and the art team is exactly the same from the previous issue, so we will continue. Trial by Fire. In a room with a viewing window, we see Bruce Wayne and Tim Drake, with his hand pressed to the glass and a sadness on his face that Bruce only knows all too well. Tim asks, how did it happen? Bruce says, are you sure? It will hurt. Tim repeats, tell me, how did it happen? Bruce tells Tim once he landed in Haiti, he followed the money man through a rough part of the city and stayed out of sight. Looking at the money man and a new fellow that we now know is Lewis, they begin to talk about what they are going to do uh, with the money. It was his only lead, and he knew that Bruce Wayne would not be able to get closer, so he changed into his Batman costume and snuck aboard the Jeep, carrying the two men when they left the house. The closer he stayed to his parents' ransom money, the closer the money would take him to Tim's parents. Once there, Tim's parents were tied to a stake with a giant fire ring around them and in the middle with Tim's parents was the Obeya man. As Lewis and the Jeep gets closer to the firing, he throws the satchel holding the Drake's ransom money to the Obeya man. Jack Drake says, now that you have the ransom money, you need to hold up your end of the bargain and let us go. My wife is not feeling well, it can use some water. The Obeya man picks up a pitcher of water and pours it on the ground and steps into the puddle of water in his bare feet and tells the Drakes that their souls will be freed tonight and they can have all the water that they want but tonight they will surely, most certainly, die. The Obeya man walks out into the hot coals in his bare feet and asks his followers to join him in the firing. Batman in a nearby tree now sees what's going on. He has one chance to get this right. Two of the 13 men have guns. The rest have knives, machetes, axes, and shovels. Batman takes a moment to put water on his suit and boots from a nearby stream. This will protect him from the firing and the heat and the flames for a short time. Batman now makes his move and leaps towards the men with the two guns and takes them out quickly. He turns his attention onto the Bayoman and rounds of Jackie Van Dam begin between Batman and the Haitians and the Obeyoman. Batman takes out one and then another one while fighting the Obeyoman as well. Batman kicks the Obeyoman out of the firing, but not before the Obeyoman cuts across Batman's chest and side with his knife. Batman turns to free the Drakes, but more Haitians come at Batman. He manages to kick an axe out of one of his hands, but the axe lands right into Lewis's shoulder and part of his chest as he was coming to attack the Drakes and falls right into the firing. Batman cuts free the Drakes, and Jack Drake is surprised to see Batman there. Batman says that they will have to make a break for it and they need to move fast, but Janet is very weak. Jack Drake sees the pitcher of water the Obeya man used and offered it to his wife first. She takes a very large drink. And then Jack starts to take a drink of water himself. 
then Batman realizes it's poison. It's the Jimson root. Batman knocks it out of Jack Drake's hands, but he had already taken a sip. Janet is already taking a much larger drink of the water and is unconscious on the ground, and Jack Drake also begins to faint and collapse to the ground as well. The Obey Man taunts Batman and says that it has all happened as planned. Batman lunges at the Obey Man and begins to beat him silly. Not funny, haha, but funny, aw, that's sad. He failed. He failed. Batman then takes the Drakes to a local hospital and then has them rushed back to Gotham City. In the waiting room in Gotham with Tim, Bruce asks the doctor how things are. Is there a chance? The doctor says it's not good. His nervous system was severely damaged. Jack will be paralyzed. Bruce tells Tim he knows how he feels. Tim says, do you? Then he remembers, in fact, that Bruce does know exactly how he feels. Tim then just falls into Bruce's chest. It's almost like he can feel the strength from Bruce flowing from his body into his. It's like he absorbs his fears and Bruce makes it his own. But the fear grips him, but is pulled out of his trance by the nurse telling Tim that it is okay to see his father. Tim sits by his father's bedside. Tim holds his father's hand. He tells his dad he's so afraid. Is this what Bruce wants for Tim? To become like him, the night monster that taints all that lives around him. Is this what Tim would want for himself? Back in Haiti, Pierre and his brother wait for their father, Louis, to return. He's never been gone this long. Pierre is angry at his father. He looked into the cabinet since his father was gone so long. It was nothing but mud and a pile of bones. That's what he was so afraid of? Baca? A pile of mud and bones. And his father's big plan was nothing more than a satchel of money. But he knows that he will be beaten for not having listened to his father. He was told to stay away from the cabinet. But where could he be? The end. Okay, that concludes the Rite of Passage storyline featured in Detective Comics. And I've got to say, uh, at least right up front, that uh, this is the longest uh, origin story of all the Robins currently up to uh, date, at least in uh, this continuity. Uh, Dick Grayson's moved uh, fairly quickly with him you know, becoming Robin and uh, Jason's Todd too, but then you kind of have the uh, crisis, post-crisis, Jason Todd origins kind of thrown in there. But... Uh, uh, DC and uh, the uh, creators in Batman were doing a really good job of making sure that uh, Tim did not feel like a rushed character. So we'll get right into this cover. Um, I, again, I'm looking at this in the uh, Robin Tragedy and Triumph uh, paperback um, uh, trade here that I have as I don't own the actual issues from this story. Although currently in my comic book store, as I was going through the dollar bins, I did find uh, three of these issues. So I may actually go and uh, maybe sometime pick them up. I think they're having a, uh, a uh, back issue special coming up here fairly shortly. So maybe I can even score them for a quarter or, you know, 75 cents. Uh, what's better than a dollar? Uh, how about less than a dollar? So uh, maybe I'll be able to do that and only have to track down one of them. Uh, this image here of a uh, Batman with the uh, skull. It's uh, kind of a boring cover. Uh, uh, Bray Fogel does a really good job on his covers. Um, this was, uh, I mean, with the skull, with the Batman cowl, it, it's okay. It doesn't really uh, strike me as something, you know, really special. It's kind of another one of those that's a boring cover. It was, if it was on the wall, you know, back in the day when I was looking at it, it may not have been something I would have just jumped right out and, oh, I have to have this uh, issue. Uh, but what I do like at the very bottom, usually where the UPC code is, 
you see Lonnie and Tim Drake here, who are uh, going to be uh, rivals here uh, very, very shortly in the uh, Robin ongoing series that will come in the not-too-distant future. Uh, but the uh, part three of the Make a Hero here, uh, going through uh, the synopsis, there were you know the chunks and bits of this I you know, kind of took out uh, for the synopsis to hopefully kind of keep it moving along. Uh, we see what would probably be here, um, again, with uh, me reading this out of the trade. It's page 53 for me. I'm trying to see what page it is for you. It looks like well, it'll be page one here um, of the uh, first panel here where we have all the uh, credits, where it looks like they were at a kind of an outdoor type uh, mall uh, setting here with the uh, biker gang coming up to probably somebody uh, from the bank or somebody from the Drake organization that has uh, the money that's going to be made for the ransom. And you have the uh, bike gang and the GCPD uh, kind of interacting with each other. So I don't know entirely what uh, Commissioner Gordon's plan was here. Uh, the whole plan was for them to be able to follow the money. So, um, in you know, a lot of uh, TV shows and things like that, or you know, heck, even in real life for that matter, you know, you're, you've got the guy that's going to take the money, and what do you... I guess you're trying to protect the money at the same time, trying to protect the Drakes. So if you think, well, if we get this money, uh, the money man here, the guy that's going to be taking this money, if we can beat the tar out of him, or if we can, you know, put him in a room and put a hot lamp under him, we can make him sweat it out and he'll tell us where the Drakes are. And apparently at this point, Batman has kind of told Gordon, this, this is just a lackey. This is some guy that's going to take the money to somewhere else. Uh, Batman's already has a a feeling that this is going to take place in Haiti, or it's going to be someplace, you know, uh, remotely close to that. And here this is some, you know, white biker dude that's not a, you know, an African-American. It's not somebody from Haiti. So it's not uh, lining up. And uh, Gordon still proceeds to kind of go through with it. And you kind of get a little bit of a character beat from Gordon here as, you know, uh, this biker and his gang have kind of half beaten the cops around and that uh, Gordon is, you know, ready to kind of shoot the biker. And Batman makes mention that, uh, you know, not that Gordon has lost it, but uh, Gordon hardly ever fires his weapon. So uh, Gordon kind of balks at it and ends up kind of half getting almost run over. And one of his police officers kind of, you know, save the day. But Gordon isn't able to, you know, pull the trigger to, you know, make the uh, biker dude here, you know, uh, stop. So, you know, a chase is given. And, uh, of course, the a.k.a. bad guy is going to get away. But I think that's exactly what Batman was looking for. And Gordon does have this moment here where he says, you know, uh, why does he always have to be right? It's, <laughs> and uh, what was really cool that Bray Fogle did here in the uh, uh, second panel on page uh, four here, if I'm looking at the right, yes, page four, that uh, Gordon's pipe is the smoke that's coming out is representing, you know, Batman's cowl. You can clearly see the eyes and the uh, points of the ears on the Batman cowl. So I thought that was pretty cool. And another stylistic choice here of the uh, panel being set inside another panel where it looks like it's a rooftop and you see a Bray Fogel's Batman is just, you know, a bunch of jagged lines. And um, I like the liberty that uh, Bray Fogel takes in drawing uh, Batman. He's able to uh, do a very, you know, a quasi-realistic Batman, but can do a very abstract and a... Uh, uh, just a, a really cool Batman, just his almost in the frenzied or kind of Batman kind of gets lost in his cape um, are, are some really cool things I really miss about Bray Fogel's uh, Batman. 
And we see the exchange here from the person that's really going to be going to Haiti here. And uh, it was kind of hard while doing the synopsis to figure out, you know, how this is going to get worded uh, here. But we see, you know, the biker's basically like, okay, well, here's a satchel of money. You know, where's my cut? So as the uh, biker dude here is getting his money, uh, this uh, guy that I think his name is uh, Marcus or Malice. I'm trying to think what his name is. It's probably in the uh, next page here. But anyway, this guy here. Um, as he's getting ready to hand in the money, uh, kind of slits the uh, biker's hand here through his glove and is instantly poisoned right away, which, you know, this is going to play into effect this whole uh, Jimson weed, this Jimson root, uh, this belladonna that Batman is able to identify is going to be the poison that's going to wreak a lot of havoc here, uh, very much uh, in the not too distant future. Uh, Batman's able to put the tracker on the car and uh, is instantly able to see well this car is headed to the airport and i like that you know batman's always the boy scout he's always ready so makes mention that it's a good thing that bruce wayne is uh, has his passport on him all the time so we are definitely leaving uh, gotham so move into uh, page seven here where we're kind of at the fire ritual that's going to be going on that the uh, obey man is getting ready to do. And uh, this is kind of probably one of the last things that, you know, the Bay man's getting ready for. He's got to, you know, purge enough souls. So all of the, you know, voodoo gods and all that <laughs> type of stuff are, are ready to accept the Drakes here. And it's probably also a, a, another scare tactic that the Drakes can obviously hear uh, what's going on. And uh, Jack and Janet Drake are... I think they know that the end is near. They're kind of making uh, that known to each other that, you know, the Obey Man didn't even flinch at uh, Jeremy at killing him. So they uh, they know that, that if he didn't flinch at Jeremy, it's, it, it's probably going to happen to them. And they're really kind of hoping that the Drake's company is going to be able to uh, pay the ransom, even though the Jack Drake had this wonderful policy that he probably never thought in his infinite wisdom that he would ever be you know, captured or kidnapped. And if it's just some, you know, secretary or some janitor that gets kidnapped, well, we have a, you know, do not pay uh, ransom clause and sorry about your luck. Well, as fate would have it, uh, Jack is at the uh, wrong end of his clause. So I think they're hoping beyond hope that, you know, money shows up and that they can get freed. And uh, they make mention about Tim, you know, that Tim must be worried. And like we said at the beginning of this uh, story here, that the Drakes were probably at the uh, beginning of the end of their marriage. And in this moment here, it's the two of them, I think kind of wishing that they had a little bit more time w with one another. Maybe, you know, all the arguments that they were having really pale in comparison right now to, you know, what is really going to be going on, that their life is literally hanging in the balance and they're just waiting for a bag of money to show up and hopefully uh, that'll make things fine. Uh, and we see Tim doing some uh, meditation here throughout uh, these uh, pages eight and nine of uh, training and some breathing exercises in a way to kind of calm him and center his mind. Uh, very much uh, typical things that uh, we would see uh, Bruce do throughout his training and becoming Batman. And these are uh, nice little touchstones that uh, Bruce has, uh, I would imagine, taught every Robin how to do. And these are uh, 
some really cool things that I like to be able to see that Bruce is passing this uh, knowledge down and Tim can kind of center himself and can kind of see the creepy images of a skeleton faced Batman kind of morph into the protector Batman kind of like the hands on Tim's uh, shoulders there to guide him is a really cool image here on the uh, big uh, panel here on page 10. And uh, Tim realizing, you know, uh, work is what's going to get him through this and to know that, you know, they're going to be taking care of his parents and him worrying about it isn't going to change their situation. So very much like Bruce, he's going to dive into his work and uh, try and figure out uh, what is going on with this money spider situation. And uh, I think uh, Alfred here has this, you know, look of like, well, I've seen this happen in Bruce and now it's uh, kind of happening in Tim as well. And uh, this beat here with the father and son that uh, we find out uh, finally in uh, one of these uh, next few pages here that the father's name is Lewis and we know the boy's name is Pierre. And it's really unsure who the other boy is. I think at one point in the snaps, as I say brother, but it kind of looks like it could be a friend. Um, I actually think uh, it might be a friend, but in some panels it sure seems like it's two brothers, but they only make mention of the one. And uh, it's... This dad is the uh, kind of the linchpin between he's the one that's going to be bringing the money to uh, the Obeya man here. And uh, we see uh, the father saying, you know, that he has a plan. They're going to be able to get out probably from Haiti and then their lives are going to be so much better than the, what they currently are. And is still very adamant to his son, you know. It, it, it's his baka. His baka is going to get him through this, and it's is the his locked camera uh, cabinet and is still on his son to you know don't touch it. You know you're you're still a boy. You don't understand it. Then anything like that is just going to pique the curiosity. If I said no, and you know sometimes no should be enough, but uh, it, the curiosity is almost going to kill the cat here. But we have Bruce Wayne uh, landing and. Uh, Bruce Wayne uh, makes mention here when he's in uh, Haiti that he's going to stick out like a sore thumb and he's got his briefcase and he can't take anything, you know, any of his batarangs and a lot of his metal gadgets as he has to come through the uh, security um, part for the airport. So um, he's really only bringing just his Batman costume and whatever else he can remotely fit on his utility belt, but maybe the utility belt isn't made of, you know, a metal of some type. I'm sure uh, Batman has thought this uh, long and hard here. And then we get back into the Batcave, and this is the moment where Tim is starting to I'll go through the money spiders uh, web here and figure out all the, you know, little checkpoints and uh, follow the quote unquote paper trail. If you can have that on the internet of where the money spider is actually located. And we kind of see a phone number here on uh, page 16. It's five, 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 six, seven, two, nine. Maybe somebody out there can call that number and uh, let me, sh- uh, let me know if it really is in fact the money spider. So, um, yeah, of course we know that's those. The five 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 is just the gen, uh, generic uh, random phone numbers that they use on TV and things like that. But it turns out the location is the Gotham Juvenile Hall, and this is a cool moment uh, for uh, Robin fans as Anarchy becomes a 
I wouldn't say a supporting character, but kind of one of Tim's uh, bigger villains that uh, he has. I, I would almost equate this to being his Joker. You kind of have you know, Captain Boomerang in there and a few others, uh, but Anarchy really kind of ends up being a, a villain for Tim Drake, and uh, it's a nice twist that this money spider isn't you know just a, a new villain. It's a code name that... Uh, anarchy is using so tim is able to find out that it's alani and i didn't know how to pronounce his name if it mccann or mccain so um that that was a, a nice little reveal that uh, it's it's anarchy himself and uh, of course if the big uh, a anarchy symbol above his computer wasn't a dead giveaway that uh, it is in fact uh, anarchy but uh, uh what's really kind of cool here in the, the middle of uh, page 19 it's panel one two three four uh panel four here uh tim is kind of looking through uh some uh, books and papers while um the uh, administrator of the facility is kind of you know, berating uh, Lonnie here. Uh, you see V for Vendetta uh, as a book, or a comic book rather, that is uh, on uh, Lonnie's wall here. And uh, Alan Grant has uh, said that uh, he used the inspiration of V for Vendetta to kind of uh, do his own uh, a character in Anarchy, kind of being you know, the voice for the people and things like that. But uh, took it to an, a kind of even more twisted version of uh, V. So I thought that was really kind of cool that he kind of put that in there for us, the reader. And then we kind of uh, finally get to see some uh, fighting here from Tim as he kind of goes after uh, Lonnie and kind of uh, takes him out. So this, uh, I love a line here where it says, uh, capitalist scum, running dog, lackey of the imperialist uh, warmongers the people know your face we won't forget so this is kind of the uh, battle cry for anarchy so when uh, anarchy is going to kind of go away for a while but when tim finally gets in his own series uh, anarchy will start wreaking havoc with tim drake so i think that's cool that they're kind of setting that uh, footwork up here in a uh, Grant's run in the detective comics that's going to carry over into tim's own uh, comic series and uh just like with everything with Tim, it's it's always the calling or the uh, almost the beckoning of the Robin costume that uh, I I think on some levels Tim is worshiping here on the uh, on page twenty one where uh, Tim has caught uh, the money spider aka a anarchy and as uh, kind of. Oh, having this proud moment of I did it, I, I did something heroic, Bruce would be proud. I'd be, be so cool to talk to Bruce right now. And of course, Bruce comes down uh, in kind of his uh, bathrobe here, or his probably his smoking robe, as it were here, as he was a smoker back in this uh, timeline. And uh, just the look of defeat in Bruce's face here and telling Tim that he has some very, very bad news. So uh, this issue, um, uh, granted, I read this all in one shot here, so uh, I would have imagined while this came out of wondering what the news is, it did, did both Tim's parents actually uh, die here? So we can continue to go on and we can find out here in uh, 621. Of course, we heard the synopsis. We already uh, know that. But I love this cover for a Detective comic 621, just with uh, Batman kind of up in the palm trees and uh, just this really cool, uh, cape that's uh, again this, the the jagged lines that uh, Bray Fogle draws, and you kind of see you know the bat kind of uh, uh, Im embossed into the uh, moon here. It's kind of flying above Batman with the kind of obey a man's staff here. Just a very very cool image, a really cool cover by uh, Bray Fogle. 
And on the inside of the first page here for the trial by fire, something that I always liked as a kid are the images of Bruce Wayne that's in the shadow, and you get the shadow coming across uh, the nose and the face of Batman that you can't see, you know, his eyes or his hair, but the shadow ends up making uh, the cowl part of uh, uh, Batman's mask. I think that's just a always a really cool moment. I would love to think maybe in the, you know, Batman versus Superman movie, we'll see something like that. Probably not. It works better in a, <laughs> in a comic book form than it probably would on the uh, big screen. But th- that was something as a kid that I always thought was really cool. Like how does Batman do that? How does he get into the shadow there and uh, cast the image of, you know, Batman on his face, which would kind of tell the whole world, Hey, I'm Batman. But, um, Bray Fogel just does a really good job here of drawing a very, very sad Tim Drake. And, uh, you know, we're not told at this point if it's a hospital. It could be a hospital, could be a, a funeral home. We're, we're not exactly uh, quite sure, but you can kind of lead yourself to believe that we're probably in a hospital or, or someplace very bad that Bruce, or, well, Bruce and Tim, for that matter, do not want to be. And we get the uh, telling from Bruce of what happened um, that uh, his uh, McLean is the uh, money uh, runner from uh, Gotham that comes to talk to uh, Lewis, and Lewis is going to now be the money man that's going to take the money, uh, the Drake's money, to the Obey Man himself. So this whole time, Lewis, uh, the with the father and son uh, Pierre, uh, is the connection between uh, the two worlds that uh, they're kind of paralleling themselves uh, as it were we'll kind of talk about that uh, towards the end here so the two of them have drinks to be like hey we did it we've got the money and uh, the son really kind of wants to see what's going on he can't see the cabinet he can't see what's in a satchel and ends up kind of peeking through and realizes that uh, his father's big plan is just it's a money it's a heist that his father is probably doing something underhanded and I'm sure his son probably knew that the whole entire time um, a really cool shot here up at the top of page four of uh, Bruce Wayne putting on the Batman costume and kind of see the symbol lit up here and you see Bruce Wayne's face and him uh, pulling down the cowl. And I like the shot here of uh, Batman hanging on to the back of the Jeep, which uh, uh, that's a lot of upper body strength to be able to pull that move off. And who knows how far he had to uh, travel Um Maybe you'd like to think it's a block or two, but knowing Batman, it was probably quite a ways going through the jungle on the back of this Jeep. So it's kind of curious that he hold that pose here, but uh, it's a really, uh, it's very well drawn. But hey, it's Batman, of course he can do it. And uh, the Drakes are finally in the uh, fire pit here, the uh, f- the embers that are glowing and uh, uh, being tied up to the stake here. And uh, this was something that uh, during the first initial read, uh, it I thought the Obey Man was kind of mocking the Drakes here. Like, oh, you're thirsty? Well, here, let me pour some of this water out. I was initially thinking he was going to pour all the water out in front of the Drakes, kind of like, hey, you're, you're both probably not feeling good. You haven't eaten or slept in days, and you're in the middle of this big uh, fire pit with me, and it's probably really hot, and you probably really want some of this water. So I, I initially thought it was going to be something to taunt the Drakes, and, and here it's something even uh, far more tragic. 
And we see Lewis uh, show up with the satchel of money. And uh, yeah, sure, the, the Drakes are going to be set free now, but their souls are going to be set free. <laughs> um, and the Obey Man lets them know, lets them know, oh, you will most certainly uh, die here tonight. And uh, what we find out that the Obey Man is doing was pouring uh, the water down on the ground, not necessarily to kind of mock the Drakes, but with his bare feet, uh, ends up stepping in the water. And this is able for him to uh, walk on the hot coals and uh, it's called the Leidenfrost effect and I actually looked up a YouTube video to kind of see uh, what that was when something uh, gets so hot water actually uh, will bead on top of the hot surface and almost kind of glide across it if you have a, a cooking uh, pan if you're cooking eggs or something like that if, if you let the pan get hot enough and you drop some water in it the water will start to bead so that is how some fire walkers are able to actually walk on the fire they will put water on their feet and then the water will kind of uh, form a little barrier for a while for your feet and we see batman kind of doing the same thing uh down here in the uh bottom of panels uh at page seven the bottom two panels the batman's kind of coating his uh feet and arms and legs and cowl and everything uh in water as he knows he's going to probably have to fight these guys uh walking through the fire pit and in the great detective you know the batman is he can kind of see that there's 13 some odd guys there's two uh two of them that have uh, guns of some type so of course those are the two that they're taking out and uh uh, Bray Fogel just does a really good job with this whole entire fight scene. I think it's choreographed very, very well, uh, going through pages uh, 9 and 10. And uh, the look of uh, Jack Drake here seeing uh, Batman. It's like, I don't believe it. It's it's Batman. That uh, Maybe that little look of like, oh, I, I am somebody important in Gotham City. Just like a, a Bruce Wayne would be. The Batman came all the way to Haiti just to save me. Um, so, you know, we get the, a couple pages of, of fighting for uh, Batman trying to save the Drakes here. And uh, in a, a twisted irony here, uh, Lewis, who, you know, was the money man, he's got his uh, son or two sons at home, however it is, is uh, going to come up and try and uh, stab uh, the Drakes and Batman with his knife here. And uh, Batman knocks uh, one of the other Haitians out and sends an axe flying right into uh, Lewis here and uh, effectively uh, killing him and it's not something I think Batman intended to do uh, Lewis was just in the wrong place at the wrong time but uh, the tragic thing that ends up happening here that we see is that once Batman frees the Drakes, uh, Batman is so uh, busy fighting and trying to find a way for the Drakes to get out that they decide to take a drink of the water, and Batman quickly realizes that the water is the Jimson root. It's the poison that the Obeya Man has been using to inflict and kill all of his victims that he saw clear back uh, in the previous issue with the biker that was killed. And uh, Janet took a very, very large drink of the water, and uh, we see Batman uh, hopefully knock it out of Jack Drake's hands uh, soon enough, but it appears that he took some of it as his own, uh, or uh, as well, rather. Uh, something that I think is really kind of cool here in 14 is just this look 
of anger that's in Batman's face as uh, the Obey Man is mocking Batman and telling him, it's like, all your heroics are in vain. Uh, it was fated for them to die. No matter what Batman does, both of these drakes are dying tonight. And this just sends Batman on a frenzied. And I love Bray Fogle's uh, art here on 15 in this bottom panel of Batman just being the tar out of the Obey Man and all of his men and just repeatedly punching him. And what's really kind of cool here, the way Bray Fogle draws Batman, it almost reminds me of Aparo's Batman and Death of the Family, of that brokenness that Batman has uh, knowing that Jason Todd is dead, and it almost uh, is kind of a call back to that, the way Bray Fogle draws his Batman here, is just the defeated uh, Batman knowing that he's he's failed another Robin or another would-be Robin. Uh, we get a moment here in the hospital on pages uh, 16 and 17 where uh, we kind of hear the fate of Jack Drake. We don't know the fate of Janet yet. Uh, they're only really focusing on Jack, and we hear that Jack is going to be paralyzed. So that's going to add a huge complication to Tim. And I love the panel spread here on 17 where Batman, we have Tim hearing that his father's paralyzed and Bruce comforting Tim and uh, telling Tim that I know how you feel. And Tim's reaction is, do you? And in the uh, other panels across here, we get like the flashback of Joe Chill killing Bruce's parents. And Tim instantly recalls that, you know, yes, of course, Bruce of all people does know uh exactly how Tim feels. And again, Bray Fogle pulls the shadow of Batman coming across uh, Bruce Wayne's face here. And it's done so, so very well in the panel where Tim finally breaks down and kind of melts into Bruce Wayne's chest. In the very next panel, you see the shadow of Batman coming across. But I've, I think people have gone through that when you have like just a sense of loss or uh, something tragic happens when somebody comes up to you, up to you to give you that hug. It's almost like you can kind of channel that person's that that energy that they have that kind of comforts you. And uh, Tim uh, can kind of feel that, but also can kind of feel also the darkness and anger that comes with Batman as well. And you know is is quickly pulled out and uh, has has a moment with his uh, dad here in the hospital of just the what next what's going on uh you know my father's alive but what's the condition of of my father what's the condition of our lives going to be um and again uh we this is the uh, third time we see uh the Bruce Wayne Batman shadow casted here in the uh second panel of 21 i think it's just uh, it's done really well that it, it's done effectively to kind of show that you know He's Bruce Wayne, but he's always Batman, and that even in his Bruce Wayne moments, uh, the mind of Batman is still at work. And uh, I, I just think uh, Bray Fogle just captured the look of just uh, anger and sadness in Tim Drake, and it's, it's just done very, very well here. And something that kind of denote here in the uh, third panel on 21 is it looks like Jack's eyes are finally open, and he's you know uh, crying as well. So, uh, and Bruce kind of going through, is this the kind of life that you, you want for this kid? Um, and finally we get to, uh, Pierre here. Uh, his dad has been gone for who knows how long and, uh, has finally decided I'm going to see what's in this cabinet. And in the cabinet the whole time is just a pile of mud and bones. So, um, that's going to make you upset. This is the thing that you were uh, so upset about. And, uh, 
the two boys kind of wondering where Pierre's dad is. And in a really creepy, <laughs> weird way to end uh, the book, we see the fate of uh, Louis here. Uh, Pierre's dad is burning in the fire. <laughs> so it's uh, an, an, an odd way to uh, end uh, the story here. I think this is a very good story told by Alan Grant, and he just does a, such a good job uh, with the Tim Drake character and really uh, flushing him out and not making him a Jason Todd knockoff or a, a Dick Grayson knockoff. He tells a really uh, interesting story and uh, a one that you don't see too often of taking Batman uh, somewhere out, you know, from Gotham City. I mean, granted, we've seen you know, plenty of stories where Batman's here or there, uh, but to take Batman and put him in uh, almost completely out of his element, uh, trying to uh, help uh, Tim here uh, save his parents, and uh, it was people saying, oh, Batman has no heart. I think I will argue all day long, Batman has. Uh, probably more heart than you know in anyone in the dc universe i mean he's taken on what 52 robins <laughs> so uh i think batman's uh compassion for uh the uh boys in his life or the young men in his life um really kind of uh shows as weird as that sentence just sounded as i heard myself say it but this just goes back to who Batman is, seeing uh, something that happened to him as a young boy, uh, never wanting it to happen to somebody else, that he's going to devote his life to fighting crime. And then you have a tragedy happen to Dick, and then a Jason Todd circumstance. And now here's Tim, uh, a third boy, wanting to uh, take on the mantle of Robin. And it's just everything's coming up in horrible spades for Tim that... Uh, these thoughts have to be going through Bruce's head. Like, look, these, look at what happened to Dick. You know, now your parents are in danger. Um, and not because that he's becoming Robin, but it's, it's irony playing its twisted hand of of fate, uh, towards, uh, somebody wanting to be Robin or somebody wanting to be part of Batman's life. And I'm sure the Drakes would have just as easily been kidnapped, uh, without Batman being there. If Jason Todd still would have been, you know, alive at this point and Tim Drake not been in, you know, Batman's peripheral or anything like that. Uh, the Drakes probably both would have died in Haiti, um, and Batman wouldn't have been there to save the day. Uh, what I think is very, uh, cool about the Tim Drake character that we will have a Robin that has a parent still alive. Now, of course, I think I'm, I might be spoiling uh, the next issue uh, that we'll be talking about here in a little bit, but it's not like people don't already know that it's uh, his mother uh, is the one that actually uh, passes away here and his, you know, father sometime in the future. But uh, for a good chunk of the time that Tim is Robin, he has a parent that he a has to take care of, make sure is doing well. His father will be in a wheelchair. So uh, this is the first Robin that Tim is having to pull the uh, dual identity or out almost a triple identity. He will be, you know, the son for Jack Drake. He will be a son of sorts to Bruce Wayne and being Robin all at the same time. And, you know, being a high school student. So there, there's four things that Tim is juggling and it's, those are story beats. I cannot wait to get to. So, um, 
like I was saying that the podcast is not going to go in some completely different direction. So if you've been listening up to this point, you're like, oh my gosh, you're totally going to change the show. And no, it, we are going to do some uh, jumping uh, around here. This uh, next story that's going to be coming up is going to be, it will be episode 11. And I'm trying to decide if I'm going to do three issues in episode 11, or if I'm going to do two issues, then one. It'll be Batman 455, Batman 456, and Batman 457. Uh, This is uh, Tim actually uh, going up against the Scarecrow as Tim, but then finally uh, putting on his own Robin costume uh, by the conclusion of the story. Uh, Spoilers there, like you don't know it's coming. (laughs) So I was thinking about doing two issues of uh, 55 and 56 as themselves and then getting a chance to talk about 57 as it is the big moment then after episodes 11 and 12 uh, we will finally move into the robin first mini series so we will actually get to finally talk about tim drake being actually robin so that'll be coming up and that's that's gonna be really cool to finally get into some actual robin titles here finally on robin everyone loves the drake you would think we would get to that. And I've been asked, are, are we going to do uh, Nightfall? Yes, we're going to do Nightfall, but we're not going to do it uh, every single issue um, as it doesn't uh, necessarily uh, play into uh, Tim Drake. I would like to at some point cover the whole Nightfall, but we will be looking at uh, Tim's uh, parts in Nightfall and then maybe kind of uh, talking through, okay, here's kind of what's happened, but look at Nightfall more from Tim's point of view. Uh, I have something really cool planned here. I don't want to uh, give it away. Uh, We'll just kind of uh, hold that as a surprise. Um, A big character that usually makes his appearance uh, when you have a new hero in the DC universe is Superman. So before, uh, you know, kind of, Tim getting the seal of approval from another DC hero other than Batman, obviously himself. There was a uh, Superman run in the Man of Steel and the Superman title that was called Night of the Bat, where uh, Tim actually gets to work with Superman. So we'll be kind of looking at that too, and then uh, actually moving into the uh, Nightfall series. So I've got a lot of cool things planned uh, here on out, and then uh, eventually we will finally get, once we get through uh, the Nightfall stuff, to the actual Robin series. So uh, hopefully you guys have enjoyed this episode. It's been fun getting to do 10 episodes, and I'm looking so forward. And uh, according to my notes here, I have uh, plotted out at least to episode uh, 37 so far as I'm kind of going through my notes here, going through all my issues and the books that we'll be kind of talking about. So um, I have at least up to 37 issues and uh, obviously, hopefully beyond 37 issues. So thanks for uh, tuning in to this episode and we will see you guys in a couple weeks for the next installment of Robin. Everyone loves the Drake. See you guys. Thanks for listening to Robin. Everyone loves the Drake comic podcast. This has been brought to you by the Batman universe.net Tim Drake, Robin and all Batman related characters are under copyright of DC comics. This podcast is solely for entertainment purposes, and I am making no money from it, much to the displeasure of my wife. Sorry, babe. So no infringement is intended by this show. This also applies to all music and sound clips, as they have their own copyright holders as well. You can now find this podcast on iTunes and Windows Media as well. There you can rate and leave a comment to the show and subscribe. I hope that you do. 
You can also find me on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash everyone loves the Drake. You can send a message there as well. If you'd like to email, you can do so by sending me one at r10myers at yahoo.com. That's R as in Robin, 10myers at yahoo.com. And I'll read your emails on the air. Make sure that you head over to the batmanuniverse.net, your home for all things Batman and Robin. Thank you for listening to the show and hearing why everyone loves the Drake. We'll see you in a few weeks. Take care.